You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, hey, this is Jamie D and Big Newt. Thanks for coming back. We're happy to have you. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. What do you say, big man? What up, though? That's right, what up, though? Did I say that right this time? You did, man. You get some flavor in (laughs) you, man. Sounds good. It feels uh, good to have some football back, man. I tell you, I hear the swag in your voice, man. Now we got some football, and we can talk football versus just talk, hearing me and you talk about our silly lives. Well, that's true. And the very first preseason game is in the books. It was the Bills against the Detroit Lions, and the Bills pulled it off at the end, 16-15. But, you know, the final score, that it's really not what's important. It's definitely about how the players perform in the game, who's going to make the team, who's not going to make the team. And what we're here to talk to you today about is the position groups that look like they're performing well, trending upward, and the position groups that leave something to be desired or trending downward. And in honor of our good buddy, the Riverfish on Twitter, we're going to start with the cornerbacks. Please, Tell us what the Riverfish was thinking today on Twitter. Well, we were talking about how um, and Riverfish is one of our loyal listeners. Shout out to him. Um, we were talking about maybe picking up a cornerback. He was asking about uh, the cornerback that the Saints re- uh, released. And uh, we released five people before. To, uh, I think the deadline is tomorrow that we had to get our numbers down. So we released five people yesterday. And so he was asking about the cornerback that just got released from the Saints and thinking, hey, Jamie D, big newt. Um, and there's also Circle the Wagons Pie asking, hey, do you think we could pick up one of these guys? And I was like, I don't know if we if this was a guy that came and make the first cut of the Saints. I don't know if he's gonna make the cut. So Yeah, you know, he was a first round pick with the Giants, and he comes with good pedigree, but getting up there in years. Can't make it through the first round of cuts. It's got to get you thinking that something is off. If it's not his performance, it's probably going to be his attitude. Now, what's his name? Prince Amukamara. Good job. Had I not said that yet? <laughs> I think I thought I already did. No, you didn't. No, well, uh, I think I was trying to avoid it. There's just way too many syllables in his syllables last name for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we've talked about this before, and the, the subject matter is games versus practice, how some players show up in practice, others show up in games. Newt, before we even get into position groups and, and talking about that, what is the difference? Why does it 
why is it different for some players games versus practice that's why they call them gamers man that's a great question a lot of people this, they just want to play games versus they're not good practice players. And then you got some people adversely that are good practice players, but they don't perform in games. Um, I don't know if it's a mindset or approach. Um, a lot of times people don't like practices, especially this time of year, the heat, the monotony, um, getting the camp legs and stuff, being away from your, your girlfriend mm. and your wife and your family. This is the dog days of summer, and a lot of people aren't built for it. And if you are built for it, you don't really like it, all right? And then so you're just like, all right, get me to the games. You just try to float along, float along, excuse me, and get to the games, all right? Then you got some guys are the hustle players, and they might not be that good, and they're practice players, and you're like, oh, give them a chance in the game, and you see none of it. So it's mm. many different factors, but, yeah, this is a real thing. I, I can absolutely see how some guys really turn up the intensity at game time. It, I mean, that just makes sense to me. I don't understand the guys who turn it up on, you know, when when it's practice and then don't turn it on when it's game time. That I, I just don't see how that's possible. Mm-hmm. Shout out. And speaking of which, shout out to uh, ex-Buffalo uh, Bills quarterback Nathan Peterman this weekend, man, for the Raiders. He played every snap, threw the ball almost 40 times, and tossed for almost 250 yards. So he's a guy who <laughs> continues to get a job, but we've seen him in the games, and he don't even look like he's an NFL quarterback, but he does enough in practice and preseason games to stick on. Does he or doesn't he? God, that has got to be one of the greatest examples of a practice player we've ever seen. <laughs> practice, practice games. Don't put him in the regular season. though. Oh, my God. We were there when he started against the Ravens a few years ago. Josh oh, Allen's rookie season when he yep. didn't come out after the second half. They yep. were like, you stay in the locker room, buddy. You just, you're embarrassing us. What do you throw? Three interceptions? And, and that's mm. not even counting the, uh, oh my God, the Chargers game the year before in which he came out and threw five interceptions in the first five half. That's right. In us, Bills yeah. fans. Us Bills fans saying things like, well, you can't tell based on that experience that he isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, you could. When you set a record for interceptions <laughs> in half, you've proven to the world you do not belong in the NFL. <laughs> right. Exactly. So anyway, position groups. Which position groups are going up and which are going down? I think we both agree we can start on the one that's going down to start off with. The cornerback group beyond the starters, cornerback depth. What do you think, buddy? Well, we're, when we're doing this, we're doing it in reference to what we saw the other uh, this weekend with the game. Um, I, first of all, the overview of all this, I mean, I was happy to see that the majority of our starters didn't play. Mm -hmm. um, and when you talk about – you want to talk about the uh, cornerback position – I mean, we're still trying to see what's going to happen uh, with Levi Wallace and uh, and uh, Dane Jackson. Um, I think Levi Wallace he made a great play in the end zone, um, knocking the ball, batting the ball down when he was in. I I think that he's going to wind up being the person that's going to start um, in the second cornerback uh, spot. Uh, I think he played well enough to solidify that. Dane Jackson, I mean, not so much. So. We do need depth, and uh, 
like we were saying, maybe we could pick up somebody off the scrap heap, somebody who, who got cut, and then bring them on. But it's going to be hard-pressed to find because if you think about it, who's going to let go one of their top four or five uh, defensive backs? And that's essentially what we're talking about. You try to find somebody that's better than Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. So yeah. that's going you're going to be hard pressed to try to find that during the cut days, especially this early. The way I see it is Levi Wallace acquitted himself well. It's the depth that the team has to worry about. I did not like what I saw from Dane Jackson. Cam Lewis, he actually made a ton of a uh, ton of plays. He had seven tackles in that game, but. You know, part of that is because his guys were catching the ball. I, I think that the depth is a is a really bad situation, and I guarantee you Brandon Bean is working the phones and watching the waiver wire to try to figure out who they can bring in. I thought Saran Neal had a really hard time covering Saman Ross St. Brown. He showed that he just did not have what it takes to cover the quick twitch receivers. And that's what they were using him for is putting him uh, as the nickel defender in the slot. And most of your slot receivers are going to be those really quick twitch guys. It's not like it was 25 years ago where the guy in the slot was going to be super tall and like another tight end. Those guys can move. Patriots kind of turned it into that. Beyond that, it seems like a wasteland. What did you think of uh, Rashad Wild Goose? Yeah, he, I once again, I I just relegate to what we said last week that most of these guys going to be on the practice team. I, yeah. I feel like he struggled, but I I really wasn't expecting much from him. If he if he would have turned in a good performance, feather in his cap. But I mean, he looked like a practice squad player, but that's okay. I mean, he's a low round pick um, on a good team, so I I didn't expect much from him, and I didn't see much. I'm starting to see why Dane Jackson was on the practice squad last year, even though he seemed to show up in a couple of big moments when he was activated for the Bills and was in the game. It, it seems that he's living up to the you know, the reputation that he's inconsistent, and that's kind of what he showed in, in that game. Mm-hmm. But let's switch over to a positive position group. Who do you think the arrow was pointing up on when it comes to positions for the Buffalo Bills? In my opinion, well, it's a couple of things. In my opinion, the quarterback group played well. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Um, and that's without saying, I mean, my bad, my man Jake Fromm, man, you know, Jake from State Fromm, he got in there and he threw a beautiful pass on fourth and 10 to land to the uh, go-ahead uh, field goal. Um, I feel like the kicking game went well also. Um, the running game, and this is something I really didn't understand. I haven't heard anyone really talk about this. Devin Singletary mm. ran early and often, and so it made me think that is this is he going to be the starting running back come week one? Because if he is, why is he not over there with the rest of the starters not playing? So at first I was thought, okay, well maybe Zach Moss is the number one guy he's sitting out, but then I realized that he's still nursing an uh, uh, injury. But right. I'm like, okay, if Zach Moss is hurt, why are we running Devin Singletary so much? But I think it's to get him confidence and to show off the improvements that he made uh, during the offseason. And he ran, he ran hard. Eight carries, 42 yards. That's 5.3 yards per carry. I thought he looked excellent. I thought the, the gap between him and Matt Breda, who had two more carries than he did was 
very, very large. It looked like Devin Singletary was comfortable. It looked like his vision was where it needed to be. He was hitting his holes hard. He looked like the Devin Singletary of two years ago. And I realized that Zach Moss is probably going to go into the season as the starter. But Singletary looks like he can start in the NFL. And that is exactly what I think the Bills want is to go with the hot hand, to have two good backs. I, I was I was thrilled with his performance. But were, did you not think that, though, why why were we running him so much if he's our starting running, running back? You, you, did you question that at all? I think Zach Moss is going to be the starting running back going into the season. Um, I think Singletary could be worthy of it, but they're expecting Moss to pull away from it. Uh, The other thing is they don't have very many running backs on the roster. They have Singletary, Brita, Antonio Williams, Taiwan Jones. Um, I can't even think of any others off the top of my head. So maybe they just needed somebody to carry the load while they had an injured back. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of peculiar. If you really, if he's really in the game plan, I wouldn't have ran him so much. That's all. Yeah, I would have ran Antonio Williams, Christian Wade, Matt Breed. I would have gave them a lot more carries. But um, I'm and I'm like I said, I'm just bringing it up because I heard no one talk about that. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, I I just thought that was kind of peculiar watching the game. But I was happy for him because he, like you said, he ran with confidence. He made guys miss. I mean, he was getting a lot of yaks. So I, I really enjoy watching him this weekend. So actually, let's take a detour for the moment. Players playing with confidence. It's a je ne sais quoi that is, you can't quantify it. But how do you know it when you see it? It's one of those things, like you just said, you know it when you see it, especially for guys like him who's kind of been up and down. And I tell you, man, when he caught the touchdown, did you see on the goal line when he ran out in the uh, oh, yeah. play-action pass? Those are the hardest plays you can make. Are they? Why? Oh, God, yeah. When you're just all by yourself, nobody's within 10 yards of you, oh, yeah, I bet you that ball seemed like it was traveling in slow motion. Those are the hardest, and it seems like the easiest but those are the harder because you know if you drop it, everybody's going to look at you like you're a scrub. Is it that you have too much time to think about it? You got too much time to think of it. You're so open. Uh, like so, I've seen people fall down just because it like just trip up. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, man, it's it's one of those things where you know it when you see it, and confidence is it's like with anything in life, especially in sports, when you have confidence then you're able to perform well. And then when you have people adversely, when you got people beating you down and you don't have any confidence, like your coaches and stuff, you know if your coaches lose confidence in you. Mm-hmm. Even that happened to Singletary last year because yep. he was putting the ball on the carpet. And then that's when Zach Moss was getting run. That's when T.J. Yeldon was getting uh, playing time in the playoffs. Yeah, like, with that bad drop. Yeah, yeah. Because we ain't got time for this, man. We're going to move on to the next person, you know. So you just think when you know that the coaches, you know, don't lose confidence in you and you like, okay, I got to gain it back somehow, it definitely affects your game if you're not strong-willed. Yeah. To me, you can tell when somebody is confident because they seem to move with urgency. They they decide where they're going to go and they go there and there's no hesitation. And to me, that's the big difference. Is there... Is there a meaning behind the moves that they're making or are they stopping to think about it first? And you can tell there's that 
like half a second, maybe quarter of a second hesitation that some players have and other players don't. It's just instinct takes over and they believe that whatever that instinct is, that's where they're going to go. And to me, that's what I saw in Devin Singletary in that game. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about a position group that I really liked. The arrows pointing up to me on the linebackers. Andre Smith, eight tackles. Joe Giles Harris, six tackles. Tyrell Dodson, four tackles. Those guys came to play, and Andre Smith in particular, I know, I know he was very much used as a uh, special teamer last year. That guy looks like he's ready to be on the field. And speaking of special teamers, Tyler Medikevich started. He seemed like he was everywhere. Had a couple of tackles, had a QB hit had uh, a tackle for a loss, um, provided some good coverage too. I mean, that guy seemed like he was all over the field, and he's not even supposed to be. I agree, man. With with Matt Milano, Tremaine Edwins, and A.J. Klein not dressing out, uh, the second streets along with Joe Giles Harris, they really came to play, man. And so it really shows the depth of that position. And that's one of the positions that I'm thinking that maybe we could trade one of these guys to a team, needing maybe a mm. starting linebacker and turn that into a draft pick or maybe another corner. Mm. Yep. That would mm. be very nice. Andre Smith had a beautiful interception that was overturned by uh, by a penalty. In fact, that was a, a late hit on, was it, Efe Obata roughing the quarterback? Anyway, it was a questionable call. Um, but I like seeing it. I like seeing the hands. I like seeing his ability to cover space. And they traded for him last year, a conditional draft pick to the Atlanta Falcons. And I, I sort of saw what it was that they liked about him. And that was another guy who was playing with confidence. I agree, man. And these are situations where they get an opportunity and they made the most of it. And it's all about getting tape out there. Because obviously when we talked about our uh, roster projections and stuff, that, I mean, you can't go three deep in the linebacker position, especially since most of the time we're going to be running two linebacker sets. Right. So for us to keep seven or six or seven linebackers, that's going to be hard pressed. So hopefully we can turn that into an asset. Right. So four linebackers, when we're talking about roster construction, are on the roster. A.J. Klein, his contract precludes him from being cut. You've got your two starters, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. You've got Tyler Medikevich, who has a pretty big contract for a special teamer, but he's their special team ace. Those four are there, no matter what. Then you probably only have two spots behind them. That could be... Andre Smith, Terrell Dodson. There could be Terrell Adams could sneak his way into it after having over 100 tackles last year. Joe Giles Harris, they signed for depth. I didn't think he had a chance, but he looked good. I mean, they're going to have somebody that they can trade. You're right. Yep. And then you got Lee, who's out. Is he out with COVID, I think? Oh, right. Protocol, so I mean they're high on him too. So obviously we can't keep all of them. We can't hide everybody on the practice team. So hopefully we could trade them and get something back for them. What other group do you have a thought on? I have so many thoughts on so many different things. Man. I want to hear it, buddy. I got so many things, man. You are the um, big newt, and you are a man with opinions. Bring them. <laughs> um. 
what's worrying me also is the offensive line. Which aspect? Okay. And um, Deion Dawkins, he's just not getting into it. And um, and uh, if you listen to uh, Sean McDermott's presser, he was like, Deion Dawkins is in no way, shape, or form is ready to play right now. But thank God we don't need him to play right now. We don't need him until we play the Steelers. That was the um, most direct I have ever heard Sean McDermott be. Exactly. And so that makes me wonder, is it one of those things where he's trying to light a fire in his butt? And once again, man, we're simply fans. We have no inside uh, knowledge on things. I know no one. So it ain't like, you know, you only <laughs> got to read the tea leaves and see what they're giving you. And you're right. For him to say that, it makes me feel like something else is to that, you know. Well, it could it be. I mean, he's missed basically four weeks of training camp. And it's been because of COVID. Do you think he's trying to play the tough guy with Deion Dawkins in order to try to influence other unvaccinated players to get vaccinated? And, and, and that's what I wanted to get to. I just didn't. Once again, I didn't want to turn this into a you know a vac you know vaccination show again. But yeah, that's what I'm pretty much getting at. Is he trying to make an example out of it? Like we have zero tolerance for people who don't want to get vaccinated, and we're not going to wait on you. But the thing about it is, Deion Dawkins is somebody we have to wait on. Like we exactly. need him. You know. So you got to keep it in mind. Everybody can't get what Deion Dawkins gets. <laughs> and yeah, Deion Dawkins is not going to be cut. He's got that right. big extension. He's exactly. well paid for many years to come. He's a captain, a team leader. Yeah. This could be very much like that story where Jimmy Johnson went off on Emmett Smith in a, mm -hmm. in a practice. And then afterwards it was like, Hey man, I got to make an example out of you to prove that if you're not safe, nobody's safe. But hey, man, you're okay. Me and you, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Bobby Bowden, rest in peace, man. He did a national championship in New Orleans. Uh, some of the guys stayed out late uh, leading up to the game. He said everybody home except for the kicker, Sebastian Janikowski. And then they asked him about it, like, why didn't you see him home? He was like, because I got a game to win. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot. I'll just make him run when we get back to Tallahassee. And so, boy, did he need to run. Oh, yeah. But, hey, he had a long he had a long career, man. I tell you, man, Sebastian stayed in the league a long time. So, yeah, he sure did. And he was a first-round pick. That's weird. Yep, first-round pick and kicker. Made a lot of kicker. money in the league. So, Oof. I like him. He's a good guy, man. Likes to party. I like that. Yeah, right. So the offensive line, specifically to me, it was the tackles. They just didn't show well. And can we talk about Bobby Hart? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see him sticking around. That there long. was one play in particular. It looked like he went for a chop block, but he just sort of looked like he was doing the up-down drill where he like dropped in place. <laughs> It's like, what is this guy doing? He, I, I mentioned this on the Believe podcast, but it looked like he got demoted during the course of that game. Like he was getting snaps with the first team and then he was taken out and then he was put in like in the fourth quarter. Right. It's like, if you are playing at the end of the game, you're definitely not making the team, but you started the game. Right. What and the I hell it, happened? I think it goes back to what you just said a few minutes ago about getting confidence. Because we know you can't go against starting level competition, so let's see if we can get some confidence against third stringers. 
I I think that's simply what that was. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's we try. Smart. We're gonna leave you in to try to get you some film, dude. Because and you're right. I I can't see him making the team at this point. I'd be surprised. If Unfortunately, it didn't get any better. Mm-hmm. In fact, it may have gotten worse. Yeah. If you can't block the guys at the end of the preseason game, then how can we expect for you to to block the elite? So, because let's be clear, the second half of the fourth quarter of the first preseason game, there are no starters in the game. There may not even be a single second stringer on the field. Mm-hmm. And if you can't block those guys, I just hope he doesn't get somebody killed. Yeah. We got to figure it out, man, because I don't want to put my star quarterback out there. And you know it's rumblings that whether Josh Allen will play the second preseason game this weekend against the uh, Chicago Bears. Would you and want so, him to? No. no. No, me neither. God, no. If Deion Dawkins is not there, everything ain't right. Out. No, don't put him out there. No, I agree. He's pra- from what we're hearing, he's practicing well enough, and I trust the staff. I'm, I'm cool with it if he never plays. Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle both showed that they've got a little ways to go, but that mm-hmm. was entirely expected. Right. They're really going to miss having a solid swing tackle. Ty and Shecky, they're really going to miss that guy. Mm-hmm. I like Ty and Shecky, man. He had an attitude. I liked him, man. He did. Yeah. He could play both sides. He was underrated. He's old. I, I get that. But, man, maybe they should see about trading for somebody like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me tell you about a position group that I liked safety. Oh Mm -hmm. man. Josh Thomas, an unrestricted free agent last year, DeMar Hamlin, a sixth round pick this year, Jaquan Johnson, a late round pick last year. Those guys balled and Josh Thomas made the roster in the game against Detroit. He looked like he was everywhere. Yep. He only made three tackles, but it seemed like he was everywhere. And a lot of it had to do with him having a big tackle for a loss behind the line of scrimmage where he just stood up the Detroit running back, dumped him sideways, and was like, yes, that is exactly how I want to see my safety hitting people. I agree, man. It it felt like he had more and he made big plays. He definitely jumped out when you watch the tape, man. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I like him, man. It's just, once again, I mean, we have two of the best safeties in the game. So, you got to think, how many guys are we going to keep? Once again, I agree with you. Uh, Jaquan Johnson and Josh Thomas balled out. And then DeMar Ham- uh, Hamlin, he's a young guy who, I mean, I'll, once again, we might throw him on the practice team. So, maybe we'll keep Poirier high and then Johnson and Thomas uh, behind that. Mm-hmm somebody's going to have to be exposed to waivers because I can't see them keeping more than four safeties total. And mm-hmm. most likely one of those safeties is going to be inactive on game days. It's these are like you were talking about in our last podcast, rich people problems. Yep. Yeah. And that's how you got to keep in mind, man. We're going to cut good players, man. I tell you. So don't feel bad. It's part of the, it's part of the process, man. So good teams go through it. So, what did you think about the receiver group? I loved it, man. Did you? Oh yeah, man. I loved it. I love the receiver group, man. I love the young guy, the young kid, uh, Marquez Stevens. Yep, Marquez Stevenson. He caught the pass from from 
30, 40 yards in the air, that's big, man. He made a big play. And when you're young, that's all you want to do, man. You want to make a play to stick out on field, you know. Um, you could tell in the return game that uh, McKenzie was trying to make plays, and I get it. He's trying to solidify that spot. So, um, And to also not only come out of it with one person hurt, Isaiah Hodgins is the only one that came out hurt. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see first and foremost. So, um I like the receiver core. Once again, I feel like we got some of the best receivers in the game. Um, and I also, to piggyback off that, I don't know if you saw, but the NFL's top 100 came out this weekend. Yes. And I, I have a gripe about that. You know, I'll, as Buffalo Bills fans, you know, Bills Mafia, we always feel underappreciated. So if you haven't seen it or don't know about it, the NFL top 100 is a list of the top 100 players voted on by your peers. It's solely voted on players, right? And so they compile it and they could uh, create a top 100 out of everybody in the NFL no matter what position. And so uh, this weekend they came out with the, uh, from 100 to, I believe, 40. And so then they're going to continue on. But what stuck out to me was that Two of our players, Tredavious White and Cole Beasley, two all-pro players in 2020, were number 95 and 96 on the list. Doesn't really seem like the math works out there, does it? No. And I just like, are you freaking kidding me? You got you got two dudes all-pro that was number 95 and 96. That's ridiculous. So I stayed up watching the rest of it to see <laughs> who in the heck was on it. And I was just like, okay. Like, and once again, it's just the opinion of players, but we always say, hey, players know talent because they got to prepare for it every week. But the year before, after the 2019 season, Tredavious White came in at 42. Mm-hmm. And he was an all pro that year as well. Right. So, I, again, I'm, I'm not sure how the math works out. Now, granted, Tredavious White didn't have a, a ton of interceptions, okay, in 2020, but that's because they're not throwing his way. Like, he, he's not getting picked on. Like, I, I, the, the Patriots' second string, or not second string, second cornerback was in the top 50. And I was like, are you kidding me? And okay. don't get me wrong. J.C. Huh? Jackson is a great player. Better than Tredavious White? No. Okay. don't get me wrong he had a ton of picks and he's a good player but is he Tredavious White no he's not that's why I don't understand I've never seen and when I complained about this with the Madden ratings I've never seen all pro players get so disrespected you know what I'm saying I just I don't know I just I couldn't believe the Patriots are always overrated too aren't they yeah, they give them the benefit of the doubt, even when they're down. Yeah. Uh, I I have to be honest. I love it when the Bills fly under the radar. I'm glad they don't get respect. And here's why. It sucks for us fans because the notoriety is fun and it's positive. But it keeps contract values down. Is that a horrible thing to say? No, you're looking at it from the business standpoint, and I get it. It's just, 
you want to be able to stretch your stuff. You want to spread your wings a little bit and talk, be able to talk trash to other fan bases. And I just feel like when you get respect, and it comes with time. I mean, I, I, I realize that we're new to the block on this. Yeah. But, you know, it's and, and once again, I, I've been wearing a lot of my Bills gear this summer, and I just noticed that a lot of Bills, like Bills Mafia, you know, you seeing everybody. It's, it's going to come as we win. We got to keep winning to gain that long-term type respect because people looking at us like we're one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just when you see it, you just speak about it. Like I pointed out, like you made two all-pro players was in the 90s along with like got like the quarter the quarterback in San Diego was like number 50. And I'm like, are you kidding me? After like this kid season. just came. Man, do you think if the Bills make the playoffs the next, like, say, three out of four years, that'll change massively? Yes. I think so, too. Yeah, because then we'll be like, once again, we'll, and I always compare us to the Saints because I live there, but we'll be like the Saints. Saints won the Super Bowl 10, 11 years ago, but they've been in the playoffs the last, you know, every year the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. And they got like six, seven all pros on their team. So they're going to get the get that kind of respect. So we just got to do it continuously because, I mean, if you look at it, people look at us like, okay, AFC East was ruled by Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yes. So once we take the mantle and we show we can hold on to it, then I think we'll get that respect. But but then on the other side of the coin is you see Cleveland, it's like people are anointing them and they ain't won, won nothing but one playoff game. Right. However, <laughs> they have so many big names, people who created their name elsewhere and then went to Cleveland. That makes a difference because if these guys, if Odell Beckham Jr., if Jarvis Landry, um, Jadavian Clown, well, not Jadavian Clowney, he's been like super hype since mm. the beginning. But if they were drafted by Cleveland, I don't think you would see anywhere near the excitement about them that you see right now. At the same time, they've got quite a collection of talent there. I mean, they're looking like a very good team. But we see that every year people do, they slated in the preseason to win as many games and then they don't come through. And then, I don't know. It's just, but that's also because they have idiots like Freddie Kitchens is the, the head coach. Yeah. They seem to have a dude who knows what he's doing this time around. Kevin Stefanski. Most of the women I know who live in the Cleveland area were thrilled by the Kevin Stefanski hire. Most of the women? Yeah, they think he's good looking. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Um, but yeah, and the last the last group I really liked, I like the D line. Greg Rousseau, I mean he he's he, everybody thought that he was gonna be a project and he's been everything but that. I mean he he took too well. The, yeah, the first he was a first round pick, top ten guy, and he he showed that he belonged on the field versus some of the best. So, Greg Rousseau looked good. F.A. Abada looked yep. great. Um, Boogie Basham, Boogie, yeah, yeah Boogie, yeah, yeah, see, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I think I prefer it that way. Greg, I would rather Greg Rousseau look like a first round pick, and Boogie Basham. Be the one not so much 
than the other way around. Well, it's not mutually exclusive. I mean, they can both look good. Yeah, you can. But if I had to choose one, I, yeah. I, I'd rather Greg Rousseau look the part. Okay, the, the cup is half full. I agree. Um, but Basham was playing at the end of the game, and he was silent through most of it. Uh, he's got a long way to go. So I was happy with the defensive end group as a whole. Uh, looked like Andre Johnson was playing really well out there, making himself a difficult cut. The numbers game isn't working out for him, but man, he's putting together some good tape. I, I think that it was very encouraging to see that the Bills have some good depth on the DN position. Daryl Johnson. What'd I say? Andre Johnson. Son of a gun. I sure did. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're 40 minutes in. That happens. I'm not worried. It's, it's late. It's late. <laughs> right. Even though I'm going to be up all night playing Madden 22. Jalen probably will. Be. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're going to play against each other? No, I just usually play a game or two and then just watch him do the ultimate team. He likes playing with the ultimate team where oh, sure. you, you know play with the greats and stuff. So I just usually sit there and watch him. Oh, that's um, a good dad right there. Yeah, that's my boy, man. But he, yeah, he got up and got he got the pre order. He paid with it with his own money and got the pre order. And we took really? it. That's why I was like, oh, we can't get on till later because we got to get the bad. And so he stood in line and got it. I'm so proud of the kid. Let me ask you a parenting question. What what does he do to make money? He he's the type of kid. I'm gonna tell you, man. He's not a kid that wants for a lot. So when he gets money for his birthday, Christmas, and all that, he just asks for gift cards and cash, and he just keeps it. Ah. And then I was like, all right, well, you go to your piggy bank, and you pay for the man, man. And he went and did it, and he got the MVP edition with all the bells and whistles, and you get it four days early, and they wow. give you all this stuff, and he paid for it himself, man. I admire Man, that's great. You know, he's already learning how to budget. He's learning the value of money. He, oh, yeah. I mean, that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. And he knows the value of money, too. Because I'm like, they ask me, like, you want to pre-order NBA 2K that comes out in September? He's like, no, nah, that costs too much. No, nah, no, nah, I'll wait for that. He's like, I'll wait, for, <laughs> I'll wait for Black Friday when it's half off. And I'm like, look at this 11-year-old. Okay, all My right. My God, he's going <laughs> to wait another three months, huh? Oh, yeah. Cause he got mad. He loves Madden, dude. He'll play that thing every day. He'll, he, oh yeah. He go to school, do his homework, and he just hops on Madden after practice. So he Those loves it. Fingers are blistered, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ah, the big man. Yep. Give you something to look forward to, my friend. Smart kid. Yep. What else so, is on your mind? Man, I'm just looking forward to Saturday, one o'clock, man. Buffalo Bills versus the uh, Chicago Bears, man. Justin Fields looked apart week one, so uh, hopefully, you know, we we get some good tape in that. Once again, it wouldn't bother me if any of the starters played again. If they come out for a series or two, I would understand just to get some rust off and stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't want to see Josh Allen. I would like to see Mitch uh, Trubisky perform better. I yep. feel like Davis Will and Jake Fromm did their part. Trubisky, I was like, eh. I was like, I don't know. Hey, you so. got to think that they're going to give him the opportunity to light up his old team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that, that's got to feel good if you're him and you can perform well against the team that shit on you basically for four years of your career and then right. let you go. And he led him to the playoffs too. It ain't like he can go to the playoffs. So I yeah. just think it's one of those things where his draft, we talked about this on the pod before. 
where you, you're a first-round pick and you're a high first-round pick, man, it's like they expect that from you versus if he would have been a second and third-round pick, maybe they would have had lower expectations. They would have thought they had found gold. They're exactly. And usually you get a long leash as a first-round pick, but with him, he didn't at all. So I think he was, you know, he got basically, you know, I don't want to say killed by his the draft uh by his draft stock, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it really killed him, you know, because he didn't live up to it. That's how it goes, man. You You know, know, they get a lot of extra chances. And we talked about this with Cody Ford. You get a lot of extra chances, but man, are they quick to turn on you. Once things go south, I mean, the fangs come out. Mm -hmm. So he was one for two for 10 yards. So hopefully he get more passes. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, coming up this week. So I, if Devin Singletary is going to be our starter or he's going to be 1A, 1B, I don't want to see him with 10 carries. I want to see more Breida and I want to see more Antonio Williams and get Christian uh, Wade in there. I want to see those guys. But, yeah. Uh, Christian give me Wade, those. everybody's favorite practice squad player. Yeah. I want to see more of him. I don't want to, if Singletary is going to be 1A, 1B, I don't want to see him getting that many carries, man. Because you can bump knees or something like that. I don't want to see it. So, yep. But I'm just happy, my friend. Now we're talking regular football, man. So, It is refreshing. So uh, give me a song, buddy. Hey, hey. 